Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Modern technology plays a large role in solving today's crimes. GPS devices can aid in searching for missing people. Cell phone records and phone pings can help pinpoint a missing person's last location or help identify a murder suspect. However, technology can also add a layer of eeriness to certain cases, especially those cases that remain unsolved. Today we will discuss unsolved mysteries in which phone calls were made or received, either to 911 or from a person close to the mystery. They have led to more confusion than answers in most cases. Strange Phone Calls Part 4, this week, on Mysteriously Listed. Number 4. Anthony Lee In 2001, 33-year-old Anthony Lee lived in Longview, Texas. In June of that year, he made plans with his sister to travel to Houston to help her move back to the area. His mother Sharon also lived in Longview, and it would be the first time in years the whole family would live close to one another. Prior to leaving on that trip, Anthony made plans with Sharon to go to a rodeo together. On the evening of June 25, 2011, Sharon arrived at Anthony's home to pick him up for the occasion. However, the home looked deserted and there was no sign of her son. It was immediately obvious that something wasn't quite right. His pants were set up on the ironing board as if he was ironing them and was interrupted. All of Anthony's clothes and shoes were there. The only item missing was his house shoes, which Sharon has stated there was no way he would have left the home in. In the lead-up to his disappearance, Sharon would later report to police that Anthony's mood had changed. He had started acting nervous and paranoid. He'd started associating with a known local drug dealer who had wrecked Anthony's car a week before he was last seen. Anthony also left $600 in his bank account untouched, leading investigators to believe he had not vanished voluntarily. Three weeks after Anthony's disappearance, Sharon would begin receiving disturbing phone calls. At first, the caller would just play Sharon what she would describe as a death song. And then came the calls from someone who told Sharon, quote, that's what he gets for snitching, unquote. Sharon has said in interviews she's afraid that her son had gotten himself into a situation where either he felt the need to go into hiding or someone else was holding him somewhere against his will. However, since Anthony left behind all of his belongings and his money, and because of the phone calls, Sharon believes her son is no longer alive. The Longview Police Department have stated they have no suspects, and the leads have dried up by the first anniversary of his disappearance, but they have not given up on Anthony. Anthony Lee was 33 years old at the time of his disappearance, 
He's African-American with black hair and brown eyes. When he was last seen, he was 195 pounds and stood 5 foot 11. If Anthony is still alive today, he would be 43 years old. Number 3. Amanda Rudge Amanda Rudge was born June 20th, 1964 in the United Kingdom to Sylvia and Frank Rudge. Her family decided a change was needed, though, and moved to the United States when Amanda was only 10 months old, moving to Garden City, New Jersey, then Horsham, Pennsylvania, and then finally Dayton, Ohio. Unfortunately, the Rudge relationship would fall apart, with Sylvia taking Amanda to Canada in 1971. Sylvia would later recall her daughter being a shy child, but grew into a determined and independent woman. Fast forward to 1991, and 27-year-old Amanda was living a high-risk and troubled lifestyle. She had a history of eating disorders, sketchy friends, abusing drugs and alcohol. She even spent a few days in jail on minor charges. On August 1st, 1991, Amanda would visit her mother, Sylvia, at her home on Enfield Place. She was having trouble getting an earring out of her new piercing and needed her mother's help. Amanda seemed distracted, but nothing really seemed out of sorts. This would be the last time Sylvia would see her daughter. In the days that followed, Sylvia received a phone call from someone with a Jamaican or Caribbean accent that she didn't recognise. The caller would tell Sylvia she was never going to see her daughter again if Amanda gave evidence as a witness to the crime of her acquaintances and that it involved drugs. This caller never contacted Sylvia again and their identity is still unknown. Sylvia reported Amanda missing, but she believes the disappearance was not properly investigated, as she was an adult and she can choose to disappear on her own accord. Sylvia believes that Amanda may have intentionally disappeared to save herself and her mother after the shady people she was involved with threatened to kill them both. And the police have somewhat confirmed this. They have publicly stated Amanda was involved in a police investigation in the summer of 1991, around the time she disappeared. Amanda Rudge was 27 years old at the time of her disappearance. She was 5 foot 4 and 123 pounds, with blue eyes and auburn hair that was dyed blonde in the August of 1991. If Amanda is still alive today, she would be 57 years old. Number 2. Heather Cameron Heather Cameron had just celebrated her 28th birthday with her four daughters in August 2012. One week later, she would have vanished, never to be seen again. Heather had separated from the partners of her children and she did not have custody of them due to substance abuse issues. At the time of her disappearance, she was dating Daniel Lusby, who had an extensive criminal record and was allegedly abusive to Heather throughout their relationship. Despite her issues, Heather always made time for her family and saw her children on a regular basis. On the afternoon of August 18, 2012, 
Heather and Lusby left in Heather's grey four-door 2003 Chevrolet Silverado pickup truck. They headed to Keswick Dam, a remote area located 20 minutes outside of Redding, California. At around 10 to 3 in the afternoon, Heather called 911 three times from Lusby's cell phone from the Keswick Dam area. She told police she had been drugged with heroin and needed their help. A voice of a man or voices of multiple men can be heard in the background. Unfortunately, her estranged husband did not report her missing for two weeks, but once this occurred, police conducted an extensive search of the area by air and ground, but no sign of Heather or her car was ever found. Interestingly, a month after her disappearance, Heather's food stamp card was found near Karam Ranch Road, near Trail 3, 11 miles away from her last known location at Keswick Dam. Daniel Lusby has been interviewed three times since Heather disappeared, but no formal charges have ever been made, and he is not considered a suspect, only a person of interest in the case. On the day she disappeared, Lusby claims he and Heather had got separated, and she had his cell phone on her when they parted ways. Lusby's cell phone has never been recovered. What I do find interesting, though, it was not Lusby who reported her missing, but an ex-husband. This is despite the two being together that day. There is currently a $5,000 reward for any information leading to a resolution in Heather's disappearance. Heather Cameron was 28 years old at the time of her disappearance. She is Native American. Heather was 5 foot 6 and around 115 pounds with long brown hair and brown eyes. If Heather is still alive today, she would be 36 years old. Number 1. Cheyenne Cluse November 2017, 22-year-old Cheyenne Cluse was going through a rough patch in her life. Her mother had recently passed away, which caused Cheyenne to spiral into a depressive state. However, she had recently befriended 38-year-old Brian Biddle, who she was romantically interested in. The two would hit the bar and club scene, abusing alcohol and methamphetamines. November 30th, 2017, Biddle sent an Uber to pick up Cheyenne and bring her to his home in Downs Grove, Illinois. The two would spend the next couple of days partying. All the while, Cheyenne was texting another friend, Chad. Chad would later report that Cheyenne seemed happy and in good spirits, or would change, though, a day and a half later. This would be when Chad would be woken up by a series of texts from Cheyenne. She was pleading for him to come pick her up. There would only be a 20-minute gap between the last text and Chad trying to call Cheyenne, but there was no response. When Chad contacted Biddle to see what was going on, Biddle claimed he did not know where Cheyenne was, that he had been asleep for the past 18 hours, and he did not see Cheyenne leave his apartment. Twelve days later, just after dawn, a call was made to 911 from Cheyenne's cell phone. However, the caller hung up without saying a word. Because of this, it is unclear if Cheyenne herself made the call. 
but the core would be traced to the Mallard Lake Forest Preserve in West Chicago, 20 miles from Biddle's apartment and 18 miles from where Cheyenne was living at the time. DuPont County officers and canine units would scour the 86-acre reserve, this area again being searched in March of 2018, with more than 100 personnel and five search dogs. It is unclear if anything of significance was found in either search. It is speculated on online true crime and unsolved mysteries forums that Bittle was responsible for Cheyenne's disappearance. However, police have stated he has been cooperative, allowing police to search his home, computer and phone. Biddle isn't considered a suspect or even a person of interest at this time. He currently sits in a Crook County jail, booked of charges of possession of a firearm and narcotics unrelated to Cheyenne's disappearance. Cheyenne's case remains unsolved. Do you have something you would like to see mysteriously listed? Do you have a particular theme that interests you? Message us on Facebook at Mysteriously Listed and on Twitter at Mysterious List. If you like what you've heard today, we would love for you to share this episode on your social media of choice. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate it if you could leave a positive review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Research, additional writing and hosting is by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.